So we come into this place of dissolving and disintegration where everything that was holding us together in a kind of complex of knowing all of a sudden releases and we come into a state of pure emptiness. And here there is total freedom in experiencing the presence of the moment as it is. Hi, welcome to Your Living Body, a podcast that centers our inner experience as we navigate the liminal spaces of change. I am your host, Lillian, and I invite you to come back to your body. I am here to offer conversations and somatic practices that will help you develop a more intimate relationship with yourself and find greater meaning and purpose in your life. Your body has been waiting for you to arrive. Let's dive in. All right. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad that you are here on the other side, whatever other side you are on, wherever you're located in time and space. I am so glad that I get to connect with you. So I am here in Brooklyn, hanging out with my cat. It's a rainy and chilly day today, and I am sitting down, honestly, wearing all of my clothes sitting in bed with some chamomile tea at 3.30 in the afternoon, which honestly feels sort of like a recipe for a nap, but (laughs) I am here and present with you, and I'm really looking forward to diving into the topic that I have for us today, which involves, mm, which involves uh, one of, I would say, our most sort of primal fears as being a human being (laughs) does that sound enticing to you or do you already want to like run away screaming (laughs) no stick with me here i want to take some time both for discussion on this topic of the unknown the fear of the unknown and in all the ways that this fear can manifest for us and how we can sort of be with it and how we can relax into the spaces of the unknown and the ways that we can actually use the wisdom of this sort of mantra, this surrendering to saying, I don't know. And then I would like to get into a very brief practice um, towards the end of this episode where we can just sit and be in the unknown together to sense and feel what might be going on within ourselves, within the present moment, right? Within the presence of the moment and all of its textures and tones and feeling just to drop in into this sort of void space, this space of emptiness where nothing and everything exists. So I promise you it's not as scary as you might think. So let's get into it, okay? So I'd like to propose a theory of where this fear of the unknown comes from and that it originated from the birthing of mankind itself 
and the birthing of some kind of self-consciousness, right? The consciousness that allows us to know that we are here, that I am an I, that I am existing. And ever since we were able to say, I am here, I exist, we also had the question, where did I come from? And despite all of our existing theologies and worldviews and sciences, we still fundamentally cannot answer this question. And this is actually what I find to be one of the most enlivening questions. I love to go down all of the rabbit holes of cosmology and theology and philosophies of just all of the ways that humans have attempted to answer this question, and yet we still arrive at contradicting points of views. We still cannot arrive at one fundamental origin story. So you could say that this sort of underlying, fundamental, existential anxiety lingers within each and every one of us because the origin of how we arrived here, why we are here, where we are going has not been resolved and cannot be resolved. So there is something fundamentally unknowable about our experience of being human. They say that enlightenment is only something you can point to. It is not something you can touch. Some say that God is inherently unknowable, and we are not meant to know or understand God directly. And the scientists are telling us that the universe is expanding at an accelerated speed that we cannot even calculate. <laughs> and that infinity as a number and a concept is something that our human brains actually cannot grasp nor understand. So... Are we having fun yet? <laughs> I have a um, picture in my bathroom that is an illustration by Brian Andres, and it has a very quirky little character that is sort of this uh, image of a girl holding onto an upside down umbrella and sort of whirling through the sky. And there's a quote that says, If you hold onto the handle, she said, it's easier to maintain the illusion of control, but it's more fun if you just let the wind carry you. Now, some people listening are going, uh, that does not sound fun at all. To have no control, to go with the flow, to not know what is going to happen next, that actually sounds terrifying. <laughs> now, we're in a bit of a paradox here because this mechanism of control, or you can say this illusion that we have of control is a self-protective mechanism so that we don't have to feel the fear and the anxiety of not knowing what is going to happen next. So as long as we are exercising these sort of ways that we control our reality, we are in a holding pattern with our fear of the unknown, right? We are perpetuating and sort of holding in this energetic pattern of anxiety and fear. 
And I should add that each and every one of us does this to a certain extent, right? So this is not some kind of moral judgment around your control mechanisms, right? We all have them. And it's actually something that we can come together on, have some sort of common unity around, is that there is a fundamental fear and anxiety around the unknown. So great, we have that in common. Now, the downside is that there are ways that we collectively keep this holding pattern of fear alive. And so it would benefit us to look into individually how we might be doing this within ourselves and within our lives, right? What are the ways that we create an illusion of control for ourselves? which first asks us to be self-aware enough to know where we are exercising these control habits. Now, I know for me, I there are areas of, of myself and my psyche, just like everyone else, that I don't have awareness of and ways that I attempt to control my reality. And I'm not even aware that I'm doing it until something unexpected happens. <laughs> and when something unexpected happens, all of a sudden I'm challenged and I go, oh, I didn't even realize that I was holding on to some sort of control over this situation. And sometimes the only way that we can know when we are holding on to fear is when we get rattled like this, is when we have to face this fear by something unexpected happening or some kind of change that needs to happen and that we have to come into this uncomfortable place in this sort of place of disintegration, in this void space, go into the darkness a little bit and go, well, I thought I knew, but now... I don't know anymore. And this is good news. This is the opportunity that we have to actually come into an experience of presence. Come into this experience and this inquiry of, well, what is happening right here, right now? What is happening underneath all of the things that my mind is telling me? What is happening sort of underneath all of my constructed beliefs? What is happening within the essence of the feeling of this moment? And can I surrender? Can I surrender enough and release through ease and relaxation to just be held in the presence of this moment? And being present in this way initiates us into an experience of self-disintegration or no-self, right? In Buddhism, they call this emptiness, the state of no one singular self existing, but actually every single thing is dependent on the other thing in order to exist. So we come into this place of dissolving and disintegration where everything that was holding us together in a kind of complex of knowing all of a sudden releases and we come into a state of pure emptiness. And here there is total freedom in experiencing the presence of the moment as it is. So let me bring it back down to the ground into a sort of practical example within this 
philosophy, right? So the truth of the matter is that we never know what is going to happen next, right? You could go outside, you enter into the world, you don't know who you're going to run into, what is going to happen, what the landscape will be like, what kind of events will occur in your presence, right? All you can do is simply show up as you are in the moment and be with the information that is presenting itself right here, right now. And what we do as an example of a mechanism of control is we try to predict and we try to plan and have ideas over and around future events, right? We anticipate what might happen. Now, obviously, there is a sort of system to this in our brains. There's a reason why we do this is because we compartmentalize uh, the experiences that we've had in the past and we kind of put things into schemas or categories so that we can sort of generally have an idea, a sort of uh, structure that we do have a bit of a predictability element in what might happen, right? So our brains do this automatically and it is to serve some kind of purpose <laughs> the purpose of not totally dissolving into emptiness all day every day although what i am proposing here is that we learn how to hold the space for both and in this way we can have some kind of structure for planning and preparing throughout our lives, but also that we are able to hold all of these plans and expectations ever so lightly. So we're not totally reliant on gripping onto what we think ought to happen, and so that we're not totally pulled or thrown off kilter when something doesn't go as planned. That we can kind of, uh, just like this quote entailed earlier that we can ride with the flow of the wind yeah so that there can be a kind of surfing element that we are in this delicate dance between will and surrender so let's talk a little bit about how certain mechanisms of control that come from the root of fear of the unknown how these things might potentially show up in your life and i'm first going to give an example that i know so well because this is one of my most relied upon self-control mechanisms which is to overthink and over intellectualize all of my emotions and you might relate to this one as well right so emotions are meant to move and the purpose of our emotions through movement is so that something can be transformed right so movement is change change is movement and emotions are biological processes right they're physical processes within our body that occur when we are responding to something when our nervous system is activated by something and they are meant to move and be released so that we can pass through move through this particular moment to arrive in a new moment transformed 
So our emotions serve as a kind of vehicle for transformation as well as balance, right? So moving through an emotion and then coming into or back into a state of equilibrium. Uh, What we also know about our emotions is that they carry information, right? So when we're actually allowing ourselves to feel and be in our emotional experience, it's because some kind of inner truth is being revealed to to us, right? There's a reason why we cry. Maybe behind our tears there's grief or maybe love or maybe fear. So there's so many reasons why our emotions come to be as they are. And so with that information comes facing some kind of truth and then in facing that truth there's a transformation and this can happen in the smallest of moments let's say you're watching a movie and there's a love scene and you just find yourself choked up and you want to cry right so to cry would be allowing yourself to come into that emotional expression and perhaps discover the truth behind the tears what the meaning is for you in this love scene that moved you so much to the point where you needed to cry. Yeah, and so a way that we can control this for ourselves uh, by not facing our our inner truth and not allowing ourselves to move through emotions is because we are afraid of what the what is on the other side of this. And a great way to sort of interrupt this natural emoting process is by being in a disembodied state where most of our attention is in our heads, right? In our thoughts. And if we can sort of, this is what we tell ourselves, if we can sort of figure out why the emotion is happening or figure out the mechanism of the emotion, then maybe we actually don't have to to feel it. Maybe we can sort of hack our way through and get to the other side of this without actually going through the emotional process. Now, I'm not saying that having an intellectual uh, sort of knowledge or study on your self-reflection or on your emotional state or your own sort of psyche or psychology isn't useful. It can be greatly a, a great resource for you, but it cannot replace the direct experience of being in your body and being in the moment that you are experiencing an emotional wave. It just can't. So to learn how to embody and move through uh, with fluidity and graciousness and resiliency to come into our bodies, learn how to feel our emotions is a way that we can learn also to be in relationship with the unknown, to surrender, to surrender what we think we might know and come to the other side of this with more information transformed. Okay, what is another way that we hold on to this pattern of control for ourselves? Well, Here's another one that you might know very well for yourself or maybe know someone else who embodies this characteristic is planning, 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 planning. (laughs) Whether this is you or someone you know, when we are in this mode of planning, we are trying 
our darndest to predict everything that could happen as well as protect ourselves from anything that could possibly go wrong. Now again, this comes back to balance, right? Because there's nothing wrong with having a kind of routine or schedule, right? Creating that kind of structure and container for ourselves is a really healthy way that we can come into relationship uh, with the fullness of our lives, right? It kind of, our schedules and our planning holds us in a certain way. And having a kind of routine is a great way to maintain our physical and our mental and emotional and spiritual health, right? And on the other side of this, we want to be able to learn how to hold these plans lightly. And this is really all about the skill of adaptability, right? That you can say, okay, my kids have to get on the bus to go to school at 8.05 a.m. every single morning. And let's say one morning you're running late. Or there's a, you know, something happens in your house that pulls you back an hour. Or maybe the bus never shows up and you have to (laughs) get into your car instead, right? We have to be able to meet the moment no matter what happens. And better yet, meeting the moment in a resilient way where we are not totally thrown off of our center if something doesn't go as planned. And really what this comes down to is being able to self-regulate, right? So when something unexpected happens or something takes us off of our routine or off of our plan, that we want to be able to address any sort of fear that comes up inside of us. We want to be able to be open and compassionate and loving to the part of ourselves that is honestly really freaking out that the bus never showed up at 8.05 a.m., right? (laughs) And all of the movements and emotions and thoughts that come up in this um, very tense and uncomfortable moment, maybe your heart starts to beat beat really fast, or maybe your thoughts start to race, and maybe you start to uh, feel very ungrounded, or maybe dissociate, and right, so all of these things can start to happen when an unpredictable event occurs, and it's all normal, and it's all natural, and it's all okay, so when this is happening, what do you do? How do you navigate these very uncomfortable and tense moments? Do you know how to come back into your body? Do you know how to deepen and slow your breath? Do you know how to ground yourself when you are feeling ungrounded? Do you know how to slow down? Right? So these are all skills and ways that we can learn adaptability through embodiment. Let's go into one last example of ways that we might be exercising or operating under this illusion of control. And the last one that I want to name is the ways that we might be policing our own behavior or ways that we are stepping out of our authenticity so that we can fit into a specific and predictable role in our relationships and in our lives. So it's a way that we might keep ourselves within a kind of box so that we can appease our relationships and appease whatever role that we embody in our lives. So for example, let's say that you know me, 
And you know that Lillian will always show up to work with a smile on her face. And Lillian will always be really pleasant. And Lillian will always be available to do her tasks. And <laughs> Lillian will always laugh at the same jokes. And Lillian will always occupy a certain level of authority, etc., etc., etc. So, in this way, let's say that I'm Lillian because. I am Lillian. I just described myself. <laughs> so, and this example kind of goes hand in hand with people pleasing, right? So, the ways that we might be acting inauthentic and not tending or connecting with our own needs or our own sort of larger and fuller spectrum of emotionality, of our personalities, not expressing the fullness of our opinions or our thoughts can be a way that we maintain a kind of control within the roles that we inhabit and the relationships that we inhabit so that we'll never have to face an actual moment of discomfort where we go off script, right? There's an element of predictability here. And as we know, predictability allows us to feel safe. Because what happens when someone, quote-unquote, goes off book, right? <laughs> God forbid we have to like ad-lib our way through our lives. <laughs> Which, side note, this is also why improvisation, whether it's dance or acting or any kind of art form where you have to uh, practice improvisation is actually a super, super applicable skill to our lives because we're responding in the moment to unpredictable, unforeseeable events. Um, and so you can Reflect on this in the ways that you might be disconnecting from yourself in order to appease or fit into a certain role or a certain box. So there are almost endless ways that we manifest this fear of the unknown through the ways that we enact control, whether it's internal or external, whether it's our beliefs or our behaviors, right? So there is so much growth opportunity here when we become aware of where we might be holding and where we might actually not be facing this fear that we have. And it brings us into a relationship, an opportunity to heal, right? To turn towards ourselves and to be able to hold the parts of us that are fearful, the parts of us that we need to be a little bit more tender with, to spend a little bit more time and attention, to give a little bit more love to, to say, I am here. We don't know why. <laughs> we don't know where we're going. We don't know where we came from. But all we know is that we are here. And if you can learn to relax and surrender and release into the present moment, here is where you will find that delicate balance of will and surrender. And I'd like to invite you into a little practice. Wherever you are now, if you want, you can pause this recording to wait for a moment in time where you can actually be present and paying attention, <laughs> or uh, wherever you are now, if you have the space or availability to get comfortable 
and to maybe close your eyes and come into a moment of presence with yourself. We're going to spend about five minutes just being with the embodied presence of what is going on right now, right here in this moment. Invite yourself to find a comfortable place and you can be in any position with your body that feels supportive. You can lie down on your back or on your side, on the bed or on the ground, or you could be seated upright on a cushion, maybe with your legs crossed or on a chair or a couch. Or if you prefer to be standing, you can find your feet wherever you are, start to bring your attention and your awareness inward. You can begin by letting your gaze with your eyes be really soft, or you can close your eyes down. And drawing your attention inward, first starting with where your body is meeting whatever surface you are on. So whatever surface is meeting your skin or any kind of body part, bring your attention there to that place and allow yourself to really feel that point of contact. Notice any sensations here. Notice any feelings of temperature or your experience of weight. Feel this reciprocal exchange of weight. Maybe the ground is lifting up from underneath you to meet your body. And your body is surrendering its weight down to meet the ground. Spending a moment here really feeling and being in this relationship of contact. And let this contact create a sort of holding container for you. Feel yourself held. Notice yourself as you are located here in your body in relationship to the ground. Allow some kind of familiarity or some kind of safety, some kind of nurturance begin to rise in your experience as you are held here. this element of space that is both within you and outside of you. Notice your breath as a vehicle for space to come in and release out. To come in and release out. 
feel the inner spaciousness that arrives inside of your body as you take in your breaths. Notice the space not only in your lungs, but in each and every one of your cells, awakening and breathing. If your eyes are closed, notice the darkness of the space that is inside. Let yourself rest here. As if you were under a big blanket like the night sky. And whatever thoughts you might be having let your thoughts sort of pass through your mind's eye. Let your thoughts come and go, arrive into focus, and then dissolve back into nothingness. See if you can let your thoughts pass you by without holding on to any single one of them without going into any kind of story or interpretation. Almost imagine your thoughts as sensation and movement itself. So begin to relate to any activity in your mind as a certain texture or tone or rhythm. your internal landscape continue to move and breathe. And as you experience the sensation of this moment, you can let yourself dissolve. Let yourself rest and momentarily let go of any of your identities, any of your roles, of anything you might need to do. Let yourself dissolve into emptiness just for now. Exhale, 
slowly, slowly your air all the way out of your body. Take two more breaths like this. As you breathe, let your body start to wake up again. Maybe bring in some subtle movements. If your eyes are closed, you can slowly, slowly start to flicker them open. And take one last deep breath here. And out. Thank you very much. Well, until next time, thank you so much for being here with me. And I hope that this conversation was fruitful for you in some way. I hope there were some nuggets of self-reflection and some inner wisdom that came up for you as you listened. And I so appreciate your presence here with me. I will see you next time. Be well. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with me on this journey of your living body. If you're feeling ready to move into a fuller, more expanded, aligned, and clear version of yourself, and if you're ready to make the changes that you need to bring your dreams and aspirations forth into your life, I invite you to apply for my one-on-one -on -one program, Retrieval. Retrieval is a custom-tailored program to assist you during times of transition. And these sessions offer space for somatic, verbal, and creative processing to support you on your journey through the bardo, or the space between. Through guided self-inquiry, you will traverse the liminal lands of the subconscious body-mind and retrieve your sense of purpose. The main intention is to guide you back to your path and to remember the essence of who you are. I hope you'll join me. Applications are now open on my website and linked below in the show notes.